0: Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance.
1: God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast with your hosts,
0: Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and J. Cal.
1: Oh, yeah, we're here. We're live. Get the banner down. Get the banner down. Oopsie. There we are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Alliance Guys Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information. Kind of, maybe. I'm J-Cal, and with me is my pal, Mr. DKM, as we are here to talk to you about the National Wrestling Alliance. And of course, that means we're going to talk about the NWA 74th Anniversary pay-per-view that's coming up August 27th and 28th. That means we're going to talk about NWA power all things Ooh. and all things NWA. Welcome to the show, Mr. DKM. How are you doing today, my pal, my friend, my confidant?
0: Yeah, i here.
1: If you're lying, you're dying. I don't know what that means.
0: I no, don't either. I just got to immediately disagree with Chris Drummond.
1: <laughs> Let's put that on the screen so everyone can see what we're saying. Uh, Chris Drummond uh, says... God, we need Matt Cordona back ASAP. Corgan keeps announcing all these fossils like Tommy Rich at the 74th.
0: Well, he's not announcing them for matches. Yes. He's just announcing them as you know, people you can come see, get your title signed by or whatever, you know, get an autograph. I I mean, be, be perfectly honest, Tommy Rich and you know, for anybody that's followed the NWA, will probably put more asses in a seat than McCartona.
1: I'll I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, had I known that they were going to go and bring some more of these legends in, I would have been a lot more interested in going to the show live. Uh, as you guys know, I do have the 10 pounds of replica that's gotten uh, championships signatures from some of the greatest NWA world champions in the last 40 years you know, and Shane Douglas, and you know, some of those names on there, like Barry Windham. Barry Windham's gonna be there now. I know Barry Windham didn't hold the 10 pounds of gold, but I still would love to have his signature on that title. And well, you know, uh, you know, they just announced, like, uh, like our pal Chris said, Tommy Rich. Well, he certainly held the 10 pounds of gold, famously beat Harley Race for that belt, if I recall correctly, and, and more or less ignited the whole Georgia Championship wrestling territory there for a while. Right, DK? Back me up on this one.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, he... Tommy Rich was the hot young sensation that was driving after the belt and they kind of learned a lesson from Jerry Lawler and decided to decided to put him on crest stop that. (laughs) I mean, it's If you want to like Cardona, that's fine. Let's not go over the top here. Uh, You know, Lawler kind of did the chase to the point where he no longer believed he was ever going to win the title. And then they had to create their own world title and look like a license plate made by some inmate somewhere. (laughs) And, you know, everybody knew it wasn't a real world championship and, all that. So they decided, you know, Hey, let's put the, you know, let's put the belt on, on rich for it was four days, you know, so it was a Monday through Friday, you know, let's put the title on him. And then that makes it seem more likely that he'll win the title again in the future. And he might have, if he had kept himself a little bit cleaned up.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I see a couple of people have been asking. Uh, Chris did say, did the savior of the NWA sign it? Yes, Adam Pearce did sign that belt. Yes, he did. Um, I also have Ric Flair's signature on that belt, as well as AJ Styles, Colt Boom Boom Cabana, Jack Dane, Tim Storm. I mean, you can make an argument Tim Storm was a savior of the NWA. Uh, Dan Severin, Ken Shamrock. Uh, like the aforementioned Shane Douglas, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat Jerry, excuse me, not Jerry, Jeff Jarrett, uh, uh, Dory Funk Jr. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Raven. Uh, Raven, yeah, Raven signed it in a very unique way. Satoshi Kojima, um, yeah. of AJ course. Styles,
0: did you mention him?
1: Yeah, I did mention Styles. Uh, Nick Aldis signed it uh, before <laughs> before he blocked me on Twitter. Um, Trevor Murdoch signed that belt, but no, I, I haven't, I, I wasn't there when, uh, when Matt uh, Cardona won the belt. So when I had the title, when I had the title, Oh, excuse me. I take that back. No, he was there defending it, but I didn't have an opportunity to see him, uh, after he defended against uh, Nick Aldis, but I, I did get Trevor to sign it at that show. So, I mean, look, it's, uh, look, and Doty points out Ricky and Dory never wore those 10 pounds of gold. Absolutely right. You're you're 100 percent right, Dodie. Um, and I didn't think about that at the time. My my big thing was like, hey, these are the champions that are still alive. I should have I should have not had them sign that belt, but oh, I sure. should have had them sign a different title, I think. I don't know. Anyways, I had I had Dave Marquez sign it. I was gonna ask Dave Logata. Uh, but uh, the next time I saw him, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Willie says uh, that uh, Billy Corgan should bring in Adam Pierce and Dan Severn and Sting. Of those choices, and Donnie agrees with you, Willie. Dan Severin would be a good a good fit because he's not signed anywhere. But Adam Pierce is currently an employee of the World Wrestling Entertainment, and with Sting under contract with AEW, I don't think you're going to see either one of those gentlemen back. Uh, in an NWA ring anytime soon. Obviously, you know, things are always fluid. Things could change in a heartbeat. I mean, <laughs> you know, going back to that whole fiasco, the Ric Flair final show, everyone's sleeping on the fact that Jeff Jarrett was, uh, look, he wrestled for Game Changer Wrestling for a few months. Uh, he went over and Effie put him over and he was supposed to return the favor. And then, and then he came to the NWA as a referee and officiated that, uh, that title match between Cardona and Aldis. Then was hired by the WWE and systematically retired from in-ring competition. And then did the flare show, which was basically produced by a combination of the uh, uh, Conrad Thompson, you know, podcast empire with impact wrestling and Jarrett wrestled another match there. So it's kind of funny that that Jarrett was able to, to to do all of that in such a short amount of time. The
0: look on your face, Mister DKM, says it all. Oh, I'm just looking at James H. Jackson. He goes, he goes. So long as we give Tony Khan triple credit, maybe we can get Sting. There's probably some trick to that. So
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 and again, you know, look at all the talent that. Uh, Tony Khan allowed to appear on that event. The Ring of Honor guys that were there, like the Briscoes. And, uh, you know, again, the AEW uh, uh, talent of uh, uh, Black Machismo. <laughs> why, why can't I think of his name right off the top of my head? Jay Lethal. I was
0: going to say, I don't know why you can't think Jay Lethal, but, you know. Uh,
1: and, of course, Day were both there on that show. Uh, so, yeah. Oh hey, our pal, uh, our pal Tim's here. There's a lot of our pals here tonight, but but Tim says like and share to help him grow, gang. Yeah, that'd be great. Like we're still, we did hit a thousand guys, and I cannot thank you enough for your support of this podcast. You know, guys like Willie, Chris, James, uh, Doty. I mean, pretty much everyone who's here right now. You guys are always here, and I do appreciate you, uh, really do. But we'd love to grow this channel. We'd like to see, you know. Maybe we become more influential in the NWA as a common voice, uh, a voice of uh, discord. You know, we don't always love what the NWA does. And as long as we come off as respectfully and at, at least uh, at least we're fans, we, we pay to watch the show, even if we don't always enjoy the show. Uh, I think if we voice our opinion, we could be a more influential group the more we grow. What do you think about that? Do you think they listen to this? CK, do you think there's ever anyone going, hey, you know, those guys are making some good points over there?
0: I don't know if they ever say those guys are making good points. I mean, I do think there are people that probably keep up with a little bit of what we're saying just as a, you know, what are the criticisms that are out there. And... We'll actually talk a little bit about that i i do think sometimes maybe not specifically directly at us maybe so that i think that's where sometimes some billy's a, a f use or some of the things that he just does in general like with may valentine loving tyrus all of a sudden i think i think a little bit about this You'll excuse me. I'm going to shut the shade behind me since (laughs) I
1: I was going to suggest it because you kind of like disappear, but uh, uh, Matthew Underwood for the people who are watching, (laughs) Matthew Underwood says Ric Flair's last match felt like an NWA show, but not a Lightning One show, which is very telling. And I have to agree, you know, it's, it's interesting how they were able to get those like uh uh they were they built the sets to kind of resemble the whole jim crockett promotions like uh the, the saturday night's main event uh that they used to not saturday not main event a saturday night world champions wrestling yeah okay there you go uh that they used to do on tbs how they how they were able to, to make those sets and, and look and i know that's not a that's not um that's just a money thing right that's just somebody Pains, i want to put those together that's not like the sets that were from the old Turner Broadcasting Studios, you know, that was somebody said, Hey, this would be kind of cool and spent some money, made it look nice. Anyway,
0: um, and supposedly some of the matches were good. I, I, just, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the show. There were some matches I was interested in, but I just couldn't bring myself to support it.
1: Well, you know, I, I listened to Jay Lethal uh, on Wednesday, he was on the busted open. Uh, radio show, and he started talking about how that all came up, uh, came, uh, came to fruition, and it's a great story. And I, I highly recommend if you guys go listen to that episode of like you can listen to it on podcast form uh, when Jay Lethal talks about how he developed this relationship with Ric Flair, somebody that he's looked up to his entire career. That I, I didn't know he, he was a fan of Ric Flair growing up, and and that kind of you know. Ric Flair just first wanted to just, you know, just hang out. And uh, that was, you know, why wouldn't you want to hang out with the nature boy Ric Flair? And I guess Jay Lethal has a, a a training facility, so they would just hang out and do, uh you know, do some grappling, some bumps in the ring. And it was nothing big, but, uh, you know, of course all this turned into something else. Uh, it's a great little interview. If you guys uh, want to listen to it, I think it's pretty good.
0: Well, and I think one of the shames to the show, though, I mean, everybody said that Flair did not look good in it. No. And, of course, you know, to add to things, the story is he had an injured foot going oh. on. So, like, even, like, you know, they are talking about how bad his chops were. And, like, somebody was saying, they go, well, with an injured foot, you know, you use, or with, yeah, with a chop, you use both your feet. One to brace, one to lean into, and they go. That would have an effect on those chops and stuff like that. So, even a 100% healthy Ric Flair wouldn't have been all that good. But then to be injured and <laughs> as well, I mean, I I just don't think I just don't think it worked. It ended more or less the way I figured it would with Flair and the having Jarrett in the figure four or whoever he had. Well, I just think it's it, – it, look, hopefully
1: it is the send-off. And, and, like, we've talked about this at length. Uh, I I personally think that this – some sort of Jim Crockett promotion should live on, even if it's just an offshoot of these StarCast events, if it's just a, a show once a year. Because, um, obviously, there's a, there is some nostalgia connected to it that, honestly, the NWA hasn't tapped into, which is – it just boggles the mind that, hey, Billy – Do you see what they just did? They outdid your NWA tenfold. They made a a show more NWA without using those three letters than than you have in the last four years. Pretty true. Um, But uh, anyways. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this women's invitational tournament, the Burke Tournament. As uh, as we get closer to the seventy fourth anniversary show, some of the names are starting to be dro- uh starting to be announced, and uh you know again this is on night number one, uh where the winner of this um I don't want to say tournament I guess it's a battle royal which I uh... so last year the Burke Invitational was a battle royal right, but then well, they're also doing a battle royal for the tag team titles. Are they going to do a battle royal on both nights of night one?
0: I don't know. I want to I say the Burke Invitational was kind of a royal rumble.
1: Okay, that's fair. But still. I'm not even
0: sure I'm remembering correctly. So anybody out there that remembers correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it was done as a... As a... Uh, a royal rumble type thing so i think that 2 lynn kind of propped up near the end which gave yeah you're nice you know you energy. were right
1: it it was more of like a royal rumble style uh entrance but that begs the question it's still an over-the-top rope elimination or pin submission whatever and if they're are, are they still gonna have two matches that are similar like that that similar sure.
0: I don't know because I still don't understand what they're doing in the tag team thing, but we'll discuss we'll that later.
1: Yeah, but- well, real quick, so the the U.S. tag team, uh, you know, this is the flyer that they used for. It. Real quick, one of the entrants were uh, okay, so it would be a night two for the tag team tournament. So okay, at least the battle royal wouldn't be a two night affair. So going back to the women's, uh, there wouldn't be two battle royals on the same night. Or, or two over-the-top rope elimination-style matches. I guess that would be the best way to say it. But uh, so going back to the Burke Invitational, we have three names listed already. And I I, uh, I wasn't able to do my homework yet on Samantha Starr. I know Dodie, who uh, was in the chat on the pre-party chat, uh, mentioned that uh, she spent some time in the Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, I still need to do some more research on her, but I know that uh, Dodie was very familiar with her. Um, cool. And uh,
0: it's baby ahead, doll's daughter. No. Oh, is she? I don't. I ninety percent sure. I don't know who the father is, if it's Sam Houston or somebody else. But I'm thinking it's. I think that's why baby doll's with her.
1: I mean, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Um. So now you get now you piqued my interest. So now live, I'm gonna I'm gonna look. It's a man star of course she didn't come up or maybe I didn't spell her name right Samantha star there it is from Lubbock Texas competes in RWA and XWW and the T-Mart promotion she was there uh last year at the T-Mart promotions at the gathering she defeated Shalon Royce uh uh yeah, mostly wrestles in the Mid Atlantic area. Uh, all points from uh, North Carolina to Georgia to to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, West Virginia, South Carolina. Done some matches in um, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, I I, I still want to do a little bit more research on who she is and where she comes from and who her family is. Um, it doesn't it doesn't list who her uh, family members are on Cage Match, but you know if anyone knows, feel free to to let us know. Uh, Chris Drummond does say that Samantha Starr is Baby Doll's kid. Uh, James H. Jackson backs that up. Willie Bowen does ask, is Sam Houston her father?
0: Um, well, uh, Baby Doll had two daughters by Houston, which would make me think probably.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. I mean, I don't know for sure. I, I just know that they had two girls.
1: All right. Um, Tim Tim pointed out or Tim suggests real quick, I'm gonna pull the banner down. Um I need I need someone to to, to do the mouse while I'm talking. Uh Tim suggests for the Burke invitational that he doesn't mind the rumble style battle royal, but would have the last two women wrestle a match to the finish, that would be better. I kind of think that's what it is. I you know, it it was only a year ago, but it just seems like such a much longer time. Um, that Burke, I think the uh, the final two combatants have to pin or submit to win the invitational, I think. And then uh, Dodie says, uh, Dodie says that last year they did use the Gauntlet Royal Rumble they used for the Burke Invitational. So yeah, okay, well,
0: she's a third <laughs> generation pro wrestler. Okay. So that would make sense if it was saying Houston was her dad then. Yeah, I really don't know enough about Nicola Roberts to know who her family was.
1: Well, okay. Anyways, uh, so Samantha Starr is in the Rumble. And then, of course, they announced, I believe they announced both of these today. Um, Kylan King, uh, of course, she, of course she's going to be in the Battle Royal. Uh, she's been damn near uh, top of the roster since rejoining the NWA She's been. She labeled herself the gatekeeper to Camille, although she lost a tie Valkyrie and uh, thus uh, negated her gatekeeping ability. But uh, you know, this this match almost seems like it's built for Kylan King to win in order to get another opportunity at Camille on the following night. DK, what do you think about Kylan King being in the battle royal, or the the excuse
0: me the uh, the invitational I mean it makes sense she is someone that's they've built up and can you would put in there in the league as somebody who might be able to seriously challenge Camille for the titles so and since Camille is defending the title two nights in a row uh it would be an interesting dynamic of course That assumes that she gets past Tyra Valkyrie, but I'm assuming she will.
1: Wouldn't wouldn't that be – and I know we're not talking about that right now, but wouldn't that be a big shakeup if if Ty Valkyrie won the women's title? I
0: think it would be an unexpected shakeup, which would probably – and Valkyrie's plenty talented. I mean, she certainly – I certainly would have no problem with her as champion. As long as they didn't do something weird, like change the title both nights. Yeah. Well, that would be weird. Or something right. WWE-ish where Camille wins earlier in the night and or loses early in the night, and then whoever the loser is ends up in the in the Invitational and wins it for a rematch the next. I, you know, I don't want to see something like that, but yeah.
1: Well, um, so real quick, I I put up a poll. You guys feel free to vote on it. Let's see what you think. Um, who is going to walk away as women's champion, uh, on night one. Do you think it's going to be Camille or do you think it's going to be Taya? And as of right now, with only, uh, only five votes in it. It's running away as Camille. But keep voting. Uh, we'll leave the poll open for the most of the show. We'll we'll talk about it at the end of the at the end of the night to see who you think will uh, be women's champion at the end of the night. Um, but yeah, so so uh, more on the uh, more on Samantha Starr. Uh, James H. Jackson says Samantha Starr is a third generation pro wrestler and it is in her blood to be a great at the sport. The legends that flow in her bloodline are Nicola Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rockin' Robin, Grizzly Smith, and Sam Houston, uh, which he said he got that from an article. So there you go. There's uh, You were right, DK. She is the uh, daughter of uh, Sam Houston and, of course, the Roberts, uh, that Robert lineage. And
0: and Nicola Roberts is also, her parents were both wrestlers' promoters.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so there you go.
0: So she- She's got it from all sides.
1: <laughs> no no kidding, right? Uh, so she's in the uh, she's in the tournament, of course, uh, or the invitational, I should say. Um, we also pointed out that uh, Kylan King will be in there. And then also announced today is uh, Tootie Lynn, who makes her return to St. Louis. Of course, that's where she made her debut with the NWA was in St. Louis uh, and really did get the crowd behind her when she was in St. Louis. Uh, just momentarily teamed with Kylie Ray as the Smiling Dragons. Doesn't look like uh Kylie Ray is anywhere near this NWA roster today, but uh, what do you think about Tootie Lynn in the Rumble and in the Invitational, I should say? And what do you think her chances are?
0: I think her chances are zero. <laughs> I, mean, I think if they hadn't killed her by uh basically beating her all but one time last time she was in the NWA, I'd give it a more serious thing you can't have somebody lose all their matches again except for i think one i think she won once and uh and then expect me to be excited because oh they're going to be in this thing i don't care what sports entertainment teaches you and wrestling wins and losses matter
1: yeah and 50 50 booking doesn't make sense and james says wait tk she has two chances slim and none nicely done <laughs>
0: and slim got on a bus and headed out of town
1: um some more uh comments earlier too i, I want to just point out a few things um our pal what would luthes do um hope your belt gets to you soon lou uh Lou says, I hope they have an ace up their sleeve because the tickets are not moving like last year. Zero local promotion that he's seen. And uh, Lou is a St. Louis, you know, resident, I believe. And, you know, him and Hustler are out there waiting to see some more promotion. So someone should give Hustler a a banner and have him (laughs) wave the the race at the Chase banner. I'm sure that'll drum up some business. But, yeah, uh, that's not a good sign. You know, last year they had that whole press conference about bringing wrestling back to the chase, and and they made it seem like a big deal because they treated it like a big deal. Now the expectation, at least from from what you're saying, Lou, if they if they're not promoting three weeks out, if they're not banners and signs hanging up places, or 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 morning talk shows that have Trevor Murdoch, you know, doing his best, best Harley race impression on, then I don't know what they're gonna do because. That was a hard sell for the pay-per-view last year. Uh, you know, of course, uh, there was a lot of momentum be- behind Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch for that pay-per-view. But the big draw was returning to the chase. Well, they've been there, done that. If they're not really plugging that again, if they're not really promoting this, man, that's going to be disastrous.
0: Yeah, i uh, tell you they have some big plan, but I don't believe it in any way, shape, or form.
1: What's that? What do you think?
0: Oh, I'm saying I don't believe that they have any big
1: plans. Oh, well, Sean Mega just... said something that I think a lot of us are feeling right now is I have no interest in the current N- NWA. To be honest, it, like, look, I, I'm not going to say that there's not. There are some things that I'm very intrigued about in the NWA. There's some things that I'm even excited about, but uh, it's getting harder and harder to justify, uh, you know, watching the show every week. I was telling DKM offline, like, look, if we weren't doing this podcast, don't know that I would be watching. Last night was the first time in a very, very long time I had the opportunity to watch All Elite Wrestling. And regardless of what style of wrestling you like, you turn on AEW and you're going to see some wrestling. And most of it is pretty good wrestling. And it's very polished and it's very clean. And it's appealing to the eyes. It looks good. It sounds good. And sometimes (laughs) you watch the NWA and you're feeling like you're watching amateur hour. Sorry, guys. You know, when you've got, uh, you know, Joe Galley saying the wrong match and they don't bother to edit that out, uh, you you know, you have the promos that are nonsensical or go nowhere. You you listen to AEW and maybe Jungle Boy doesn't cut the most uh, coherent promo, but at least you know what he's talking about. And he has direction. He wants to go fight Christian Cage. Because Christian's an a hole. Uh, I, I sat there and listened to May Valentine interview uh, uh, Colby Carino, and I I don't even know what the hell they were talking about.
0: Oh my gosh. Was that a horrible, horrible thing?
1: Dave Scooby well, I, says Billion. The... Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead, DK. I was saying, I just looked at the seat maps for the two nights. And no, it's not looking good. I, they're certainly not fifty, at even fifty percent sold yet. There.
1: And 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 look, they are three weeks out, and the entire cards haven't been announced yet. And you know, I'm sure there will be some sort of big push. Matt Cardona has mentioned there's some sort of uh, announcement that's going to be made soon. Hopefully, it's something about him and Nick Aldis wrestling. Uh, I'm sure that's a, at least on the table. That's an option. But uh, is that going to draw enough people to come to St. Louis?
0: Well, I mean, it depends on. If they put together something interesting, then I think you could make an argument. It will spur ticket sales. But what is it and what night do you put it on? Yeah. I mean, because I can tell you right now, I'm not really interested in the main event of Murdoch versus Tyrus.
1: I kind of am. Is that well? Weird? I mean,
0: I'm, I'm I'm interested only in the sense that it's new.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's just it.
0: But it's kind of it, it's kind of like Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, although that one was done to death. You're kind of like going, uh, I basically know how it's going to go, and. So, yeah this is another one that's kind of like, hey, it's something new. Tires can look good in spurts, but, you know, how long can you really go? How long would you want it to go?
1: That's a good point.
0: And I, how do you get both guys to look good at the end of it? You know, that's always the trick.
1: But the thing, too, and, and I, I don't know if everyone in this audience knows, but they're related. They're They're like second cousins. And I feel like if there's anyone that's gonna pull a good match out of Tyrus, it's gonna be his cousin, right? And I think if anyone's gonna pull a good match out of Tyrus, it's gonna be Trevor Murdoch, a guy who is not outsized. I mean, yeah, Tyrus is bigger than him, but like, uh, like when we'll, we get into power, we talk about how big Tyrus was compared to Odinson, who Odinson is one of the bigger guys on the roster. I mean, he's not, he's not the. Uh, six foot four big dude on the roster, but he's not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you put him next to Tyrus and he shrinks. And that's not, you know, that's not saying that uh, that Odinson is a small guy by any stretch of the imagination. It's just saying that Tyrus is a really big dude. Like he's a really big guy, but you put him next to Trevor Murdoch and he's still a big guy, but he's not quite as uh, visually. He's not that much bigger than Trevor Murdoch. And, and so the, the kind of match that they're going to have, it's not going to be just Tyrus throwing around Trevor Murdoch, because honestly, I don't think he can. Trevor's not a small guy. So uh, in that aspect of it, because they're related, because they both want to see each other look good, I'm sure. You know, I don't think either one of them is going to, you know, RF the other guy. I think they're going to try their best to have a really good match in that case. Like, If they could pull off a good match, if we see Tyrus have a good match, some of us might have to eat a little bit of crow. Of course, that might not happen either. You know, that (laughs) it might be completely awful.
0: Well, in a, I mean, Tyrus versus Murdoch, Aldous versus Murdoch. I'll take Tyrus. Yeah. I mean, uh, which would be the better match? Uh, probably the oldest one, but I'm tired of it. And, uh, you know, if you can bring in... So, if you can bring in uh, a, a Aldis versus Cardona match, because Billy loves heel versus heel dynamic, because he smokes too much crack, and... Uh, You know, that would be interesting. Uh, Do I think sales will ultimately be okay? Probably. I mean, I think probably by the time you get to show night, they'll be okay. But, you know, whereas last time they were sold out basically the week before, two weeks before on night two, basically the week before on night one, and that was with having TV tapings for three days after
1: there was also the dynamic too that we have to keep in mind is that we were coming out of i mean even though we're still very much dealing with covid and it's still a pandemic still around uh we were coming off of literally not having fans in attendance at wrestling shows to now all of a sudden all these wrestling shows were popping up and even at the last pay-per-view the nwa had at the uh, georgia public broadcasting studios you know at the last minute they were told that they couldn't have as many people as they thought they were going to have as many tickets as they sold. So when they did go to the chase, it was kind of a big deal for not only for, for a myriad of reasons, you know, the least of which is people could actually be there live. It was the return of something like historic, which was wrestling at the chase. And, you know, at the at the time, there was, it was a hot feud between Aldous and and uh, and Trevor Murdoch. And okay. none of these three things are still relevant, you know. Yes, it's still historic, but they did it last year. Uh, Yes, we're still going through COVID, but you you can go do anything you could before now. I mean, pretty much COVID restrictions are gone, and there's the feud that's supposed to draw you to this show is not really there because, again, they just announced it with no real build on television. So, you know, you don't hear Tyrus promos on Trevor Murdoch. You don't hear Trevor Murdoch promos on Tyrus. And as we'll talk about the show later, like, you didn't even hear – there's no mention of the match. Trevor just said, Yeah, I'm gonna be at the 74th, the world champion, but didn't say who his opponent's gonna be, didn't say anything about Tyrus. And again, there was no build from Tyrus about who he's facing at the 74th.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really again, there's their taking schedule versus what they do, how they handle it. I mean, there's no there's no talk, there's no build, there's no their show doesn't do what their show's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. The show should be putting over the pay-per-view and the idea of what we're going to be seeing and watching and, you know, getting to. And the matches should be leading to that. But it's kind of... They do it in a small extent. But in a lot of the major things, they don't. Yeah. And so... I mean, I... I can't say I'm particularly, I'm particularly impressed with how they're handling this pay-per-view. I mean, they do have more matches announced than they normally do, but not they don't have anything out there that's just like, oh my God, I want to see that. Yeah, for sure. And the, the question is, I don't know if there's anything they can put together that's, oh my God, I want to see that.
1: real quick uh the first tyrus joke of the night is not from willie bowen but from our pal Lou Fez. and he says uh tyrus already ate all the crow which is fantastic nicely done lou you beat willie to the punch on that one uh dodie brings up the fact that they just released the newest wrestling at the chase documentary a while ago and the nwa missed an opportunity while not collaborating with them to hype their upcoming chase show And, uh, you know, I have to agree with that. I mean, there's ways that they could have presented that. They could have partnered with them. But of course, you know, maybe they weren't invited. And that's the thing that a a lot of people.
0: I I, I was going to say that would apply that they knew anything was being done. Yeah. I mean, remember, most of these independent things, history of the chase or whatever, those are either wrestling historians or the TV station or whatever. The Chase Hotel or, you know, yeah. you know, you know, whatever her putting these things together and it's not clicking in their mind that, oh, we need to go, go out and find whatever the modern day NWA is and get them involved in this. And so it, while I agree that, yes, it would have been a nice hookup, you know, well, let's remember we're a small group. And uh the the average person doesn't think about us. Yeah. Or, you know, think about NWA wrestling.
1: Well and in and, and just like the Rick Flair show, I, I've heard a lot of people say, Well, why wasn't the NWA involved? Look, guys, the the, the, the pure simple reason why they weren't involved is because they weren't asked to be involved or the price tag was too high to have them involved.
0: And, that's, I mean, the that's- pro- and they
1: didn't need it. No. Nope.
0: I mean, you know, that's what I said. You know, when people were talking about uh, what's his name being put over as an MLW wrestler, even though he hasn't wrestled in MLW for a couple of years, uh, Harry Smith. I go, yeah, but I mean, I think in their mind, they go, more people will know Harry Smith from MLW than they will from the NWA, whether he's the current tag champion or not.
1: I mean, that's an excellent point. I think, especially with a talent like Harry Smith, I don't even think—I don't think the MLW even plays into a factor. He's a former WWE Tag Team Champion, and if that's not enough, he wrestled in New Japan for quite a long time. So, I mean, like he made his name long before MLW or the National Wrestling Alliance.
0: But he was put in with an MLW guy. Yeah, which is and so good. so that's how they tie that together two MLW stars, you know, facing each other.
1: Uh, James H. Jackson says, when it came out, the NWA account, and some wrestlers should have promoted that PBS documentary, then a few days later have a return to the chase follow-up with a 10 Pounds of Gold-style 30-minute show. I mean, 100%, James, 100%. You know, I feel like, especially with Billy Corgan, I think he's looking beyond what's right in front of him and I I guess that's easy to do because a lot of people are saying hey Billy you need to take the NWA on the road hey Billy you need to do more live events hey Billy you need to make more titles and I think he sees all this and is the incentive to to push forward without really you know bringing the cart along with him uh, because again this this pay-per-view is the most important pay-per-view until the next pay-per-view. Uh, at every pay per view, every pay per view for the NWA at this point is the the next one is the most important one because uh you know one bad showing, one bad outing, and you know you could lose a subscriber and 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 be done. And I feel like they haven't built the accountability yet, the the uh, credibility yet to you know withstand that. And, and if this pay per view goes out and bombs, and they don't have you know. 800 people in that building for the pay-per-view and it looks really empty. I mean, that's going to seriously hurt their image and the promotion.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's get something else straight. Oh, Billy was out there talking about how, you know, now people, you know, the TV things are more interested in wrestling and, you know, it'll be easier to get a TV deal. I mean, basically, even Tony Khan has been acknowledging that he's struggling to get, A TV thing for our wage, yeah. And that, you know, whatever his Friday night show is, Rampage or
1: right, Rampage.
0: That you know its ratings have plummeted, and you know they're not getting what they want from it, and you know. then he has two or three shows on YouTube and he's supposedly looking at maybe another one. They say he's filing something for trademarks for like a woman's type show or something like that.
1: Do you think the amount of content that he's giving away on YouTube is impacting his numbers on cable?
0: Yes and no. If you want to see the stars, you have to be on the cable show. Sure. But if I'm just watching, I think there's just too much content.
1: For all across the board?
0: All across the board. And I think, I mean, look, right now I can I can record on my TV. I can record Raw on Monday. NXT on Tuesday, AEW on Wednesday, Impact on Thursday, SmackDown on Friday, and Rampage on Friday. So, just looking at three promotions, there are six different shows. That total up to three, five, seven, ten, ten hours of wrestling content. In one week, eight of them from just two promotions, <laughs> uh,
1: and then that and that doesn't even count. Like, uh, you know, it, and some people, some people are out there watching. You know, New Japan Strong on Fight or yeah on Fight. Some people are watching uh, the NWA on Fight. Some people are watching, uh, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on YouTuber Fight. You know, NWA also on YouTube, and like that's an hour and a half and an hour here and an hour there. I mean, literally, there's like about 20 hours of weekly wrestling programming, and that's not international stuff, and that's not everything even national. I mean, there's a lot of regional programming that's also available out there, and then you've got women of wrestling coming soon, and it just it doesn't stop.
0: Look, I, I work a business job, so I'm tied up Monday through Friday, typically – uh seven to seven or six six to seven, by the time I get up and I go out and I do my work and I come home and I eat my meal and I'm relaxing or whatever. And I have lots of interest. I watch wrestling, I watch boxing, I watch MMA, football season is getting ready to kick up. I'm a bigger football fan than I am a wrestling fan. I watch college, I watch pro, I've been watching amateur wrestling because they had the world championships for the uh, U-17 in Rome, Go Team USA, they got a gold medal in Greco-Roman, I believe two gold medals in freestyle and a few silver medals in bronze on the women's freestyle. Uh, they got other medals too, but it was, it was a good year for them. Uh, you know, I'm really into that. I really enjoy watching those things. So outside of sports, people who know me know, I like food. I like to cook. I like keeping up with uh, international news. I follow stuff. I I like royalty. I own a website about it. Don't run the website, but I own it. And you know, I I have a lot in my life. I have two. I have two kids. They're both adults, but they live at home. You know, I do things with them. There's a lot in my life. I I don't have 10 hours to devote to sitting down and watching wrestling, which is what this is all getting at. I don't, you better put out a good product for me. Yeah. But I've made it clear when it comes to WWF and AEW that I record them, I listen to reviews of them the next day on the Wrestle Pod, Wrestle Talk Podcast. Cast on YouTube and then based on those reviews I may or may go back and watch them or some nights like uh, Monday night I watched the first hour of Raw just because I was interested and then I you know, went to my room and watched a movie and uh, listened to the review and I only went back and watched what, one other segment and that's it I don't watch the rest of raw yeah <laughs> you know i just want to see champa versus styles and uh although i will say since this can be relevant to the nwa since Vince has gone com- the commentary is much better you can tell there's not somebody screaming in their ears telling them what to say and so learn a lesson nwa better commentary
1: well and, and I, the point that I hear you trying to make and, and again, like I said last night I watched Aew for the first time in a very, very long time and that's because I was in a hotel room that had TBS because we don't have cable in the house. So it was it was kind of a treat for me but at the same time like I sat there trying to watch it and, and you know do, do the little bit of work I had to do before I went to bed and you know I, I gave it uh, about 85 percent of my attention and it was it wasn't bad. And, and when I watch a show like that and I see how like, just the little things, the commentary was clean, the the audio was clean, the reaction from the fans was vibrant. And sometimes that makes the storytelling even easier. And the aesthetic, like I'll be honest, when we get to power and, and we talk about when the uh, ill-begotten come out and there's zero reaction, right? And then when you get uh, the, the miserably faithful out and there's just, a clamoring of booze, like nobody seems into the show. And that's gotta be something that do they not see this, that the fans are not invested in the program? Because again, like I don't care if there's only 200 people there or 150 people there or hell 75 people there. But if you have 75 engaged fans who want to be there and are supporting the product, the, the, the output looks so much better. And if you're telling me that the best you can do is that, you know, that 150 people in that audience, we didn't seem to care about much of anything. That's the best you're doing. Then then maybe it's time to close up shop. Honestly. You think. And, and, and that's, and that's not what I, I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to close down. I just want them to get better. Now, there's, we'll we'll talk about the show, and it was funny because DK, after I watched it, DK and I were messaging each other, and he said to me, well, what'd you think? And I said, it wasn't bad. And I sat there, and I reflected on that for a minute, I said, how shitty is that, that the measuring stick is, well, it's either bad or it wasn't bad? Like, I don't remember what a good episode looks like. It's either... The show was awful or the show wasn't so bad. That's not great for your audience. Uh, You know, and I want to like this show. I want to be a fan. And there were some things I thought they did really well. And the fact that they replayed the women's match as a bonus at the end, I thought that was a smart move because it was a very good match. It was a good match on the pay-per-view. It was a good match on, uh, you know, the replay. Um, But I still just, I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's not anything that It is not the definition of must-see TV. Let's say that.
1: And and honestly, again, I do love the fact that you guys watch that show and you're here hanging out talking about it with us. But let's be honest, if this podcast didn't exist for any of you, would you still want to watch the show? I love the community we have here. I love the forum we have here. I would still probably watch the show, but there'd be some days I would just skip it or not, or or, or watch it while I'm doing other things.
0: Well, I would probably, like I said last week, the pay-per-views are normally good, so I'd probably have the subscription just for the pay-per-views. Yeah. And then, you know, but how close would I actually watch the shows? Mm, Probably not very close. So let's just say that. You want to talk about the tag team battle Royal or do we care?
1: Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I'm sorry. Working work message. I, I, I'm never off the clock guys so sometimes I have to do work stuff so I apologize um so okay and, and of course a lot more names will be announced for the Burke Invitational we'll talk about that leading up to the Crockett cup I'm hoping to see some more names uh I'm not so far I'm not disappointed with who's been invited to to be a part of the Burke uh, but there are a lot more women out there who i, I hope will be a part of this one as well. But now we go to talking about the United States tag team championship. And as we mentioned on the, uh, on the pre-party um, you know, there's no better way to determine tag team champions than having a battle Royal, because that's how you decide, you know, who the best uh, two people will be for any kind of title is, uh, is the fact that they were heavy enough or fast enough or strong enough to avoid being thrown over the top rope. Um I hate the idea that this is a battle royal for tag titles. Uh, I know they use that for the wild card, uh, for the Crockett Cup, which that was I was okay with that. Um, I know that we Well, that's
0: we, one thing to get a position in a tournament. Yeah. Not, yeah I, now, uh, Jay, I don't know if you know or not, and I don't know if our beloved public out there know or not, because honestly, I haven't done a lot of research on this I just saw the announcement now have they said how this battle royal is going I mean is it just a battle royal and are teams eliminated or are just individuals eliminated if somebody gets thrown over the, is it till the bitter end and there's only one person left and whoever they are is and their partner are the champions it, when you get down to a final two does it become a tag team match do we know anything
1: Um, and and I'll just stall here while anyone who's in the chat, feel free to jump in because again, this is kind of unknown information to DK and myself. Um, I know that the rules, the rules that they used for the Crockett cup in 2019, that battle Royal to set up the, uh, the, the wild card into the, uh, into the tournament was basically that each team was considered like one individual. So if one person from the tag team was eliminated, then they were both out, and I, I could see them doing that in this battle royal as well. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's where I that's where I'm at.
0: See, let's see, Dodie, ten team battle royal. Is there any wrestling match with ten teams in the ring? Um, that's twenty people. So I mean, it's not unheard of. Or you find 10 tag teams, I'm not 100% sure. What kind of tag teams do you use, I'm not 100% sure. So I mean, maybe the Heat Seekers will be back.
1: Well, uh, I mean, we, we have seen some of the teams from the Crockett Cup already announced for it, but yeah.
0: So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, so who are the teams that are announced so far?
1: Well, uh, three.
0: They, Do we have three teams or four?
1: Yeah, there's three teams that have they've announced so far. Of course, uh, we knew uh, on Monday that the ill Begotten gotten Yeah, the ill-be-gotten with Danny deals would be uh, would be the first entrant team into this uh, United States Tag Team uh, Championship Battle Royal. The next team uh, from the Crockett Cup. We haven't seen them since the Crockett Cup. Uh, they were eliminated by the Briscoes in the first round. And that would be the now. Uh, I like that tag team, by the way. I felt like they really got the short end of the stick being, uh, you know, having to face the Briscoes in the first round. But they really did put on a good match. And, and it, it was funny when you watch those guys, uh, and I don't know their names off the top of my head, when you watch them in the ring with uh, the Briscoes, the Briscoes are a very well-oiled machine. And you can tell cardio is king with those guys. They, they are very uh, much in shape. And that's not saying that the now is not in good shape, but uh, they were able to kind of keep up with the Briscoes, which, again, they move like uh, like lightning in the ring. So uh, I'm excited to see the now back in the NWA. I hope it's more than just uh, just this one-off uh, pay-per-view. I hope you know this will make the second time they've been at an NWA pay-per-view. I hope this is a more permanent spot for them. Uh, what did Jay,
0: Jay? Yeah, I need you to talk about 30 seconds and I'll be right back. Sure,
1: so that uh, DK will be back momentarily. So, yeah, what did you guys think of the now, uh, at the Crockett Cup? I am excited to hear what you guys think about them. Uh, again, I felt like they had a really good showing, and when you talk about like the Briscoe Bros, I mean. Those guys, again, are such a, a... (laughs) Tony says DKM after dark. Uh, You have to go to DKM's OnlyFans page for that. That content is uh, uh, not available here on this YouTube uh, page. Uh, James says the NWA noted in a press release that the titles are being revived due to the recent success of the company. And the level of interest in tag team wrestling seen during the recent Crockett Cup pay-per-views. Look, I'm not going to lie. Tag team wrestling is tops. When you have a good tag team uh, storyline, a good tag team feud, uh, I mean, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, right? Uh, uh, the Steiners in Doom, right? Uh, the Varsity Club and the Road Warriors. Hell, the Powers of the Pain and the Road Warriors. The Heart Foundation and the Rockers, you know, the – tag team wrestling when done right it might be the most superior form of pro wrestling uh you know so many good tag teams over the years and the nwa certainly did a great job with the Crockett cup by finding some very good tag teams to have in that tournament there were some guys that i didn't feel like they belonged but there was a lot of guys in that tag team uh that were solid i mean look at uh like I said, the now, I mean, of course, you put them in the ring with the Briscoes. The Briscoes are our future Hall of Fame tag team champions. Yeah, you know, future Hall of Fame tag team wrestlers, excuse me. But the now isn't bad at all. Uh, and then you had teams like, uh, uh who else did they bring in? Uh, um, The, uh, oh gosh, uh, the Heat Seekers. Uh, of course, they were a first round, uh, first round, uh, a wild card team, but they looked great. Sigmund and uh, Sigmund and his partner look really good. Uh, Dodie says the now was in last month's NWA USA. They're good and we need them more, not just one off, especially we have two tag titles now. I guess I didn't, maybe I missed the now in the, uh, in the, uh, on the episode of USA. I don't know. I missed that. I've been watching them. Maybe I just don't remember. Um, but the the now i think we're a good addition to that uh pay-per-view of course we had the boys uh uh you know the tate twins as part of it as well they looked really good uh they're the ones that uh were able to face the tag team champions in there oh dody said last week okay fair enough i didn't get to watch last uh week's episode of usa it's kind of why we're avoiding talking about it right now uh maybe when dk comes back we'll talk about it a little bit but uh uh, busy week for your boy J. Cal. I haven't been able to keep up with uh NWA USA. Uh DKM, we're still talking about the now. Some of the other teams that we saw at the Crockett Cup. Uh did you have a favorite from the Crockett Cup uh that we haven't seen in a while? Only the Briscoes. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: I mean, really outside of that, I don't know if
1: there was. Did you like the Tate twins or no?
0: No, and much like the Briscoes, apparently they're currently tied up in yeah the new ROH. They six man tags, right? Yep, yeah, then Dalton Castle have regained the six man tags, but apparently this time they actually contributed to the map, so hmm. uh you know look, we're talking about this, which is a perfect uh segue into our brief talk about USA. You want to end well, up talk about USA? Go watch the other alliances guys.
1: Yeah, let's real quick before we get to that. Let's just list the one last entrant into the uh, tag team battle royal, and that would be the the uh, miserably faithful Sal the Pal and our Gags the Gimp. Um, you know, honestly, this isn't the combination that I wanted to see. I thought maybe uh, if the NWA was willing to be a little bit risque, uh, they could have used. Um, you know, Judeus and Max the Impaler. And I know before everyone says, Hey, I don't like intergender wrestling, you know, uh, Max the Impaler identifies as they, so um, I'm, I'm all right with it. What do you, what do you think DK? Do you, are you good with the, <laughs> I see it on your face already. Are you good with either version of the miserably faithful in this?
0: I hate the miserably faithful totally. So I'm not good with them at all. Look. Uh, And this is where I'm going to segue with USA. One of the matches on USA was the Miserably Faithful versus uh, the Ill-Begotten. And uh, the, the Miserably Faithful win. And I remember as I was Forcing myself to watch the match, which I hated watching and I did not enjoy. I thought to myself, all right, all you people that wanted U.S. tag team champions, this is your U.S. tag team division right here. Yep. I got, I think this is basically what you're going to get for U.S. For U.S. tag teams. I don't think you're going to get top teams in there. I think you're going to get, maybe you'll occasionally get a upper mid-card team. I don't know that you'll get many former world tag team champions that will come down and hold the belts or get many U.S. champions that will go up and hold the belts, the world belts. I think this is it. I found it interesting that the first two teams they announced were teams that lost on USA. Yeah. Because I believe that was the now that was on USA that got beat by Scion and Jordan Clearwater. Yeah, and so, I mean, what are you saying about this ten-team stupidity of a battle royal? When the first two teams that you announce are teams that just lost on your on your B show, I mean, are you putting any thought into this at all? I mean, any? I mean, they did eventually announce the Miserable Misfits. And it was like, at least... I mean, at least they won. Why wouldn't they have been the first team you had announced? Why didn't you have the now go over? Then it makes sense to announce them. Yeah. I mean, one of the matches they had on... It was a... Power Surge, there was no, or USA Surge, so there was no audience. It was just the people behind the thing cheering them on. I mean, they did uh, Bradley Pierce versus Brett Boucher, Buffshay, excuse me, and, you know, in a matchup of enhancement people, why couldn't you put a couple of enhancement tag teams in there or enhancement team in there? with the noun, give them a victory so that people go, Oh yeah, we remember they did better against the Briscoes than we thought they won here. They could be a, you know, they could be a team we'd want to see with the championship. No, you beat them freaking clean in the middle of the ring. And then you go, guess what? They're going to be part of our U S tag team tournament.
1: Well, what does that say too when you, the next announced team is going to be, you know, Jordan Clearwater and black cheese or, Jordan Clearwater and, and Marche Rocket. I mean,
0: is Marche even around anymore? Or did he get
1: smart? <laughs> uh, smart. I don't know. if I don't know where black, or excuse me. I don't know where Marche Rocket is. I know obviously black Jesus is still around. Marche has kind of disappeared since after the Crockett cup. We had, we didn't see him at, uh, I don't think we saw him at always ready. And of course, you know, now that with the focus on Sion, uh, Sion and, and Jordan Clearwater, uh, teamed up for USA, but you know, we, we know that Scion will be a part, will be wrestling, uh, in the main, well, not main event, but wrestling for the national championship with Jack's day. And I believe on night one. So, I mean, theoretically he'd be available for night two in a tag team tournament. If that's, you know, if he's unsuccessful in night one, uh, our pal James H Jackson had another funny quip of the night. Uh, I'm miserably disappointed that they are in it. Uh, with, with the misery, miserably faithful being uh, invited to be a part of the uh, united states tag team tournament i
0: yeah i mean it uh, when i look usa was okay for a surge i mean just just if you just look at the in-ring action.
1: Real quick, our pal Tim said that he hit up Marche on Instagram, and he said he'd be back on TV soon. Oh, good. I like Marche. I, I, In fact, I really like the pairing of Marche and Jordan Clearwater, and I wouldn't hate the fact of them being in that tag team t- uh, battle royal either.
0: No, I mean, I. they'd be a fine team to be in that if they have been the team that won in this one, and they against another team other than the now. Yeah. And if you're going to put the now in this battle royal. I mean, look, there's no commitment to tag team wrestling out of Billy. There's no commitment to tag teams out of Billy. And so even our current champions are more thrown together than, you know, real. But there's at least a story behind it. And I don't know. It's, I'm, I don't hate that they brought the U.S. tag team title back. I'm sad that they brought it back. And I'm sad because you're not going to get quality teams holding this championship. I don't think. And, you know, like I said, I was watching The Old Begotten in, in, you know, the misfits of misery or whatever and just but boy, there's two teams that you can really get behind right there, huh? Ill begotten and you know, miserable people. That's that's something that I want to chant at a wrestling match. <laughs> uh
1: our boy, uh, Dave Scooby, who you could see each and every week here on this channel as part of the other Alliance Guys podcast, brings up a great point. Have tag team wrestle, tag matches. If Zion is going after the national title, why is he also in a tag match? Ah, oh, man, Dave Scooby, you and I see so much eye to eye on this. I hate the fact that they have a history of doing this. And the NWA specifically will put tag team matches that are nonsensical. Uh, like, a slice Boogie and Jack Stane, Does that ring a bell to anybody? Like, why are they teaming?
0: I tried to forget that.
1: I will never let you forget that. I try. It 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 just it's stuff like that that ruins the credibility of the booking. I mean,
0: well, the booking has to have credibility first.
1: Fair enough. I mean, look. For every step forward, I feel like we take two steps back. And, uh, you know, I don't want to quote Paula Abdul here, but opposites don't necessarily attract in this situation. I want good wrestling. I want good storytelling. I know you're capable of it. I've seen it a handful of times, Uh, you know, when uh, when you have a tag team like the OGK and a tag team like Royal Rebellion and they go all out you're telling me that you know how to put good matches together when you have a storyline with Jack Stane becoming a very egotistical uh, megalomaniac who will list every single accolade of, on his uh resume when he tells you why he's the national champion again i know you can create storyline with characters that make me interested or care about the brand let's do more of those things let's let's keep moving forward with good stuff right let's not go backwards let's go forwards uh, oh, and real quick, two things before we go on with the show, two things. First of all, Dave Scooby wants to point out that Slice Boogie is the new Santino Brothers champion, which is great. But even more importantly, our pal Kevin and his lovely wife, Melody, uh, received their child over the weekend and very excited for the, the three of them. Uh, baby's good. Mama's good. Dad's good. I'm very excited oh, for Dad. <laughs> <laughs> You know he knows where you live, right? You do know that, right?
0: He's in Florida.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Actually, he doesn't know where I live. He only knows the state. But anyway,
1: anyways, congrats to to, to the Fraser family on their new uh, bundle of joy.
0: Uh, James H. Jackson makes the point that the bookie needs actual booker, though. And you know, I'll, I'm going to draw a comparison here with WWE. Uh, They had one of their top Raw ratings ever this last thing, this last Monday, and supposedly they got a ton of views on on Peacock for SummerSlam because people were wanting to see how things had changed without Benny Mac being at least 100% in charge. And... You know, there's excitement over the idea that a wrestler who's been through this, who likes the history of wrestling, who, who knows stuff, who didn't have some of the bad habits that other people had during the, his time wrestling with them or against them. Uh, you know, somebody that understands the psychology of wrestling is now in charge of the creative area. just get rid of Kevin Dunn and those nauseating
1: camera shots,
0: angle shots and zoom ins and outs and all that. You know, that increased the quality 87% just right there. But, you know, a lot of people praised you know, praised Raw. And You know, I watched the first hour and then I watched one other match. And what I watched, I mostly enjoyed. It's still it's it's WWE will always be more sports entertainment than I like, and you know, hey, that's that's where their bread is buttered, and they'd be foolish to suddenly become a, a heavily sports ingrained wrestling show, you know. But th- that's how they capture the fans they capture is yeah. out there, but. You know they put. You know I've seen better matches, better match quality, and certainly things that make more sense since since Hunter's been there and Billy and uh, Tony Khan and everybody. You know they, they play with their action figures, their live action figures, <laughs> and they don't really care what anybody else thinks, and they, you know they don't want what anybody else thinks. I mean, even people who were major AEW marks have recently been critical about some of the booking decisions made in AEW because, you know, after a while you stop forgiving the things that you used to. Yeah. And there's some of that going on now. And it's like, you know, wrestling needs a, Wrestling needs a booker, not somebody making up stories.
1: Stories are fine. And stories, I'll argue that stories enhance the the entertainment of the whole, of the whole aspect of pro wrestling. I do feel like you need to have a storyline to, to tie everything together. But the execution has to be, the story has to be good. You know, uh, if the story is mediocre, then maybe we don't need to tell that story. And if the story doesn't elevate something or make something more important, then maybe that's a story we pass on. Like, and we'll get to the rest of the show here in a second. But it's just, man, we had been saying so many good things about this NWA program in the last few weeks, and then and then, it, this wasn't even a bad show per se. It's just, what are we doing? You know, what, what what's the goal? What's the end game? I feel like a show like last week or this week's was just mediocre at best it's just mediocre it's just okay and if the program is going to be just okay then maybe they don't need to do that program maybe that show shouldn't have happened maybe they should have put more highlights from always ready give me some of those higher profile matches give me chris adonis and jack stain for a second time Uh, if if you're going to give me filler give me at least good filler give me some actual wrestling that i care about
0: Oh, that's asking for so much.
1: Um, do you want to get to power, or do you want to finish talking about USA, or what do you want to do? I'm
0: basically done with USA. Like I said, watch yesterday's other Alliance guys. They go into it with more depth. and yeah, that, if, that, that way we don't have to suffer through it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I just they, they do a very good uh, in-depth job of covering USA, as well as if uh, you're trying to follow United Wrestling Network, whether it be the Memphis show, or the Championship Wrestling Show, uh, they do they do cover that in detail as well. I do recommend checking them out um, because, uh, again, that content is there right here on the YouTube page or on on the uh, Twitch page, either one.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, or, we, we do cover different things, so you can watch both shows without getting a whole lot of crossover.
1: Uh, Lou says, the problem is that Billy believes that the more a story is convoluted, the more interesting it is instead of just plain confusing. Yeah, we, we knew that early on when, when Nick Aldis would, we would blame it on Nick Aldis because he was the person responsible for the words that were being presented, but it was always, you know, that's how it was booked. Dave Scooby says, figure out the end result and just find a way to get there logically that makes sense. And it, it sounds so easy. And like, and I don't know how it gets so mucked up. And I said the word muck, not the other word. Don't uh, Don't find me, eBay. Or eBay, eBay. do YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. Don't find me YouTube. Excuse me. I I'm only on like a couple hours of sleep, and I drove in the car all day today, so I'm I'm tired.
0: Oh, nobody wants to hear your whining. Excuse. Yeah, me. I
1: know, I know. Let's move on. Let's go to power. Power. So, so this segment uh, again, just when I talked about a show that has mediocrity. We had a great match, I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, between these two, between the OGK and the uh, La Rebellion. Um, and then they had this uh, event at the podium, and it was just a little watered down, and it It got the point across, but not in a very entertaining way. The show opens with the OGK with Kyle Davis at the podium. Uh, Taven and Bentley, uh, Bentley Bennett are specifically uh, there because – they're basically making the decree they want to be the first team that ever held the ring of honor tag titles the IWGP uh, heavyweight titles and the NWA world tag team titles that's their mission that's their objective um but then they're interrupted by Lauder Bellion who uh basically negates you know that uh what Taven and ben, uh, Bennett have done uh, they they kind of just throw them under the bus and and then the teams begin to fight and like, that sounds like it would be interesting and entertaining, but it was just kind of, eh, it was mid. And then, uh, you know, it seemed like the uh, uh, OGK had control of this fight, this, this fiasco. They had the upper hand until Damien Sace, Say, Sace, Sace came out and uh, blindsides both partners of the OGK with that red mist. And uh, like I said, the second it was just decent at best. It was mediocre. We know that, uh, Matt Taven is great on the mic. We know that Mike Bennett is great on the mic. And we've seen moments where Mecha Wolf is great on the mic. Uh, Bestia usually speaks only in Spanish, so I can't tell you how good he is on the mic, but he's usually pretty impassioned. This just didn't feel very, uh, to me. So, DK, what did you think of this promo?
0: I mean, I thought it was all right. Uh, I thought the promo was fine. Okay. I thought the, you know... Again, uh, keep it simple, stupid. All we needed was the promo. The other team could have come out afterwards and done their own promo. I don't know that we need the back and forth. And then the brawl was okay till Bestia comes out and sprays both of them because it's mist is terrible. Uh, and, uh, you know i don't know i probably would have rather just seen them brawl then you know if they kept the misting out of it
1: yeah
0: um let's right, so- drop belt behind me
1: oh we got to see your boxers too Doing good <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. DK After Dark. DK After Dark. Is that the tag title? No, it's the heavyweight
1: title. Oh, yeah, the Texas State. Well, that's a pretty belt.
0: It is. I do have the tag title somewhere. It's hiding in right now. Oh, and by the way, in case you didn't know, on both shows, they advertise this too, so.
1: Is that the fan? Is that the Fanduel belt? That's the Fanduel belt
0: with the United Kingdom
1: flag. (laughs) Oh, who was on? Oh, I forgot. I think it was Doty. I'm gonna give Doty credit. If it wasn't Doty, I apologize. But he said that the best way to bring uh, Jonah into the NWA is to have him be upset that they swapped out the 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 plate for the the uh, UK flag from the Australian flag. And that he wants to win the title to put the Australian flag back on, and I'm yeah, all about great. it. I I would love that. That would uh, that would do it for me. Um, the next uh, the next segment was the uh, number one contendership for the national championship. We got Rodney Mack with Aaron Stevens uh, taking on uh, Scion with uh, Austin Idol. Now, again, you know you got to scratch your head at this the the theology of putting Stevens and, and Rodney Mack together. I get it if they wanted to have like a a manager for Rodney Mack, that's fine. But I hate how they over-the-top say that Rodney Mack was looking for guidance and needed encouragement and all the other chicanery that they say. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Early on, Red Dog takes the lead in this match. He seemingly overpowers Sion. Um, And you'll notice Idol on the outside is very verbal throughout the entire match. Stevens is almost, uh, just laconic. He says nothing. He's very, he, he he's very like non-emotional. Um, and the match is all Rodney until Sion dodges a corner attack from the Mac. And then, uh, and then Sion smashes Rodney Mac's shoulder into the mat. At that point, Sion takes the opportunity. He's, he's attacking Mac. Not even really focusing on that injured shoulder, but like more like a, you know, fist to the face type attack for a lot of forearms, to the skull of Rodney Mack. Uh, it seems like Rodney's in trouble. Uh, the fans really aren't reacting to this at all. And that's the terrifying thing to me. This isn't like, you know, in Japan where it's very respectful, not to like speak during the matches and and to only applaud on the big spots. Like there was no reaction here, like nothing. So it's not like Sion has all this heat. Like he, he had nothing. Um, Sion ends up cinching in a Cobra clutch. He doesn't hold on to it for very long. Surprisingly, uh, Mac does get uh, gets the edge in the match again. He starts uh, going on offense, but then goes for a sunset flip, a move you've – I've never seen Rodney Mac go for a sunset flip before, uh, only for Sion to stack him up and use the extra leverage of holding onto the knee pad, which the announce team made sure you knew about multiple times. Uh, to, to get the victory. And again, I don't re- ever recall seeing Rodney Mack going for a sunset flip, uh, but they did tell the story they wanted to tell. DK, what did you think of this match?
0: Well, it's kind of with the crowd. Yeah. I mean, look, why would I get excited about this match? Rodney rarely wins. This teaming with Aaron Stevens makes no sense. You can't Sion's been making a deal that he wants to go after the national title, so you basically know who's going to win this. I will give Sion credit here. It's obvious that he's put some work in. He's bulked up some. He's bigger than he used to be. He's definitely got some better definition than he used to have. So, I mean, he's putting in some work. He's still not that smooth in the ring, even though he's been around for a while. I mean, he's he's no rookie. And uh, everything, his character sucks. But (laughs) again, I'm—I guess I'll blame Billy on that as opposed to him, maybe. I think they uh,
1: take part, both take blame.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, am I excited to see Dane versus Scion for the national title? I mean, only in the sense that I'm a big Jack Dane fan and I want him to beat Scion up. I mean. I, just in general, I can't say that there's anything that's making me uh, making me interested in that match. Dave Scooby says Rodney's shoulders weren't down. Rewatched the ending of the match. Oh, Great. Now they're stealing WWE stuff. Well, Actually, this would, this would have been done first.
1: And, and supposedly Sion has been wrestling for 20 years, so take
0: that into consideration. Yeah, because he's not a smooth wrestler. Now, I will say this. I've only seen a few of his non-NWA matches, but I've not seen enough to make me go, you know, oh, you know, he's a, you know, some of these guys you go, oh, they're really good wrestlers outside of the NWA. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he, he's fine. He's just not smooth. So, so that that's that
1: match. No, Doty. No after dark. I promise you, just a dead battery. I have a, I have a spare one. It's a, uh, it's right here. So when it goes down, we'll we'll we'll, we'll have it back on quickly. I promise. That's not. It's not Billy Corgan. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. Um. So up next we have May Valentine, who we see a lot of tonight in the back with Camille and Tom. much Yeah, and Camille is a. Uh, Camille is Camille. She's very energetic. She, you know, conspiracy Corgan stuff still going with that. Uh, Camille's ready to work two times in one, in, in one weekend. However, the body language. That was the norm. Yeah. Yeah. The body language and the exuberance from Tom Latimer or the lack thereof, I think was the more telling story here. Uh, Tom says that he's ready to face whatever obstacles tossed at him but he wasn't the same Tom Latimer the energy wasn't there the hostility wasn't there he sounded defeated to me like like I don't I hope it's not being married but it just sounds like there was no energy behind what Tom Latimer was saying and it sounds like officially he's going through the
0: motions did you pick up on this well I did and I wasn't I'm not sure where they're going with this storyline. Maybe they're talking to Paul Hyman. I don't know. Heyman, whatever. And so, you know, they need a good, you know, again, Billy likes friction. Billy likes controversy. Billy likes things that don't make sense. So, you know, the newly married couple apparently aren't going. I mean, he's kind of like, you know, he'll do what it takes to win his match or whatever he's saying. It's like, Does he have a match? I mean, what's he even promoting?
1: Yeah. I also felt like maybe he didn't even believe in what he was saying.
0: Well, you know, and in the real world, it's very hard to believe in what you're saying if there's nothing to be believing because there's nothing to be saying because you don't know what the hell you're going to be doing. Yeah. I mean, is he wrestling somebody? Is he (laughs) uh, you know, uh, he's not getting a title match, I, I assume, because he's too big for a junior heavyweight. He's and that title's already been spoken for on at least one night. It's not wrestling his wife for the title. He might be at night. Lucky him. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> what would Luthes do? That would do it. Get him married. Uh, Hey-oh. So, uh, so uh please. So
1: the second Rodney Dangerfield uh, impression in two weeks I've done.
0: Yes, one day you'll do it right.
1: Oh, we, we have we have faith.
0: So Don't, I mean, no, But my point is, there's no title he can be challenging for because the TV title apparently is not going to be on the line, and uh, there's no there's already a national title match, and he's not going after the world title, and uh, he's not going to wrestle Matt Cardona, and you know, <laughs> or Nick Aldis, thank God, because we've already seen that enough. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, just looking real world for a minute, just, you know, drop bad booking, looking real world. What is there for him to be excited over?
1: No, there is nothing. Um, I I mean, if we're going to be serious about it and, uh, you know, what would be interesting, is if him and Adonis jumped back in the tag team division and went for the U.S. tag titles, that well, would be they win it. <laughs> sure, I'm not saying they're going to, but at least that would be something, something unexpected. You're right. If you in the in the universe of the NWA and that NWA world and that spectrum, what is there for Tom Latimer at this pay per view? Because there is no feud, there is no animosity towards anybody at the moment. Uh, There is no title to be won because Tyrus is busy on night one and we don't know what will be night two, but I doubt it'll be Tom Latimer versus Tyrus night two for the television title. Uh, And and Jack Stane has spoken for. So where where does he fall in line? There is no angle. There's no storyline. There's no feud. There's no rivalry except for Nick Aldis. And again, to what you said, that's something we don't need. That's done. That's over. That should be finished. So it's like uh, there is nothing for him. Now, if you want to throw him in that battle royal with Adonis for the tag titles, at least there's some sort of direction. But it, as it is stands now, now oh, there's nothing. It's it's pointless.
0: Which, as a larger question, so let's take this out. What is there for him in general? I mean, once this pay per views over... I don't see the world title being open. No. I suppose the national title might be. I think they glued the TV title to Tyrus. I don't think it's ever coming off him. We'll be talking in five years, and Tyrus will still be the champion.
1: Oh, God.
0: So, I mean, I I don't know what, what there is for him right now. I mean oh, I, think, I think I mean there's would, nothing. would you would you put him in with Dane? I mean Dane doesn't really have anybody, so would would you make him and Dane uh a, a feud with absolutely
1: be- I a hundred percent and I think Tom becomes the babyface in this feud and Jax remains your heel and, and I think you could get behind that. I think that would be a great program for Tom because again, Tom is what's Tom's what is Tom's motivation at this point, right? He's trying to make his wife happy. What does his wife want for him to be world champion? Well, the quickest way to get to be world champion is to be the the national champion. You're the number one contender. So by beating, by beating Jack Stain, he becomes a number one contender and now can go challenge Trevor Murdoch. Until that happens, a feud between him and Jack's would at least fill that void to get him to that next level. And if he if he's the one that ends up beating Jack Stain, are you upset if Tom freaking Latimer is the guy that can pin Jack Stain's shoulders to the mat? Does that ruin it for you? No,
0: because Tom's a big guy.
1: Exactly. There's like that's the best, that's the best case scenario for Tom Latimer. Is that it's the best case
0: scenario for Jack's if you're gonna lose the title?
1: Right. And, and, and if, right. Because look Nothing will be worse if we go to this pay-per-view and freaking Scion and Austin Idol somehow out out heal Jack Stane. That's going to be the shits, the drizzling shits. No one on this roster should be in Jack Stane's league, with the exception of guys like Nick Aldis, Tom Latimer, and maybe Trevor Murdoch. I wouldn't even say Matt Cardona. Like, No, Matt Cardona shouldn't be... uh, competitive with nickel with uh with uh jack stain trevor murdoch is a big dude that's why trevor murdoch gets a nod uh tom latimer is probably the most polished athlete in the nwa uh that's not his wife camille and and of course uh uh nick aldis uh, again multi-time world champion he he gets a nod too but any any of anyone besides those three i think is is foolish it's not scion that's for goddamn sure
0: no, I mean, whatever their original plan with Scion was, they blew it. And even this father-son angle is stupid. And, you know, yeah, let the, t- let, uh let Jax and Tom settle in, you know, let's have a good old triple match feud and go. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's let's get a cohesive story out of this, something that can be told over, you know, take two pay per views and a premiere event in between.
1: I'm I'm good with that. I'm on board.
0: Well, though I hear the next pay per view is supposed to be in November, so.
1: Uh, Doty has another suggestion for Tom, and that's have him come chasing for the TV title. Uh, that maybe when the title gets vacated, uh, and again, like they haven't mentioned that at all. Like they haven't mentioned that uh, this is a cash in for that lucky seven. Now, as a, as of this as of this show, we'll we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, you know, we we reach that seventh title defense, so um, that that certainly a way to write Tyrus out of the title. And to put you know somebody like Latimer in into a, uh, a favorable position, and again, we could treat Tom Latimer like a face that really helps expand the roster a little bit because then he could be feuding with a Jordan Clearwater, he could feud with a uh, uh, Marche Rocket, he could feud with Scion, he could feud with like half the roster because right now there aren't many baby faces on this roster. I think we decided it was the Pope and maybe PJ Hawks, and that's about it. Uh, so oh and, and a lot of people said the commonwealth connection although i'm not 100 percent convinced they are either but let's get to the next match let's get to the next segment uh which is uh real quick i did want to point out the nwa all access commercials it always rubs me the wrong way when they do these because the thing that gets me is every single time they say plus uh exclusive content to fight not seen anywhere else and as of this moment there's nothing exclusive to fight that's not being seen elsewhere. Nothing. The pay-per-view is okay, but even they're running those matches on YouTube now, too. So they're not exclusive to fight. They just haven't aired on YouTube yet. Like, put on a show that's only going to be available on fight. Only the people that subscribe get to see it. Then I think I'll buy into that uh, that rationale a little bit more. As of right now, I don't think there's anything really exclusive about my, my VIP membership to the... Uh, all access. Uh, next up, we get May Valentine in the back with Trevor Murdoch. And again, this is one of those interviews where you're like... Are we skipping team war? What's that?
0: Are we skipping team war? What did I miss? Wasn't the miserably faithful here?
1: No, no. That, that's after this one.
0: Oh, is it after? Okay.
1: Yeah, this is May Valentine with Trevor Murdoch. Uh, uh, May Valentine... Breaks the news that Trevor Murdoch will be facing the Pope next week. Uh May asks why this match is happening, and 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 in his best uh and I'm okay with this by the way. In his best uh, Harley race impression, he just lets her know that that's between him and the Pope. Uh Then she uh, asks why he wants to face the Pope, and again he has no answers for her. And then and then she says, why aren't you know if if you're gonna wrestle the Pope next week, isn't your priority the seventy fourth and and basically, he says the same thing again that it's uh, that this it's 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 between him and the Pope, and uh, the match itself is uh, I don't know. It just seems again this promo, this package, all of this was unnecessary and kind of dumb. What did you think about it?
0: Uh, I thought, why do they keep treating the Pope this way? I mean, they're giving him a second shot at the title. Neither one of them has had any real build. Did I mean, they say oh, it's a
1: title? Did they say it's a title match? I think so. It sounded like to me they just said it was a match.
0: The only reason I thought it was is because he had said something about going into it and saying that, you know, because what's important was that he was going to make it to the seventy fourth champion. So I was under the impression that was game. Maybe it's not, but I I was under the impression it was a title match. And it's just like I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't, don't think they know they, what they're doing. I don't I don't think
1: they do either, so. Now, don't get me wrong. Trevor Murdoch does need to have some camera time. Um his his, his delivery his um, impression, his uh, his take on Harley Race has been a lot more refreshing than the old Trevor Murdoch. It's a hell of a lot better than Crybaby Murdoch. But, but still just, I don't know, give me some substance or don't give me anything. This, this, this didn't need to happen. This didn't need to take a valuable time on power if it didn't lead to something. And just saying that there's a match next week, you could have done that with a banner. And it would have had just as much intrigue and interest as as, as uh, Trevor coming out there and, and, and cutting that no-nothing promo. Uh, so next we get the Tag Team War. Uh, again, real quick, I, I always forget the rules for Tag Team War. Or I feel like they're always changing the rules for Tag Team War. So I made sure to screenshot it this time so we would know what Tag Team War is. The match begins with one member from each team. Teammates wait ringside. Elimination happens via pinfall, submission, or being thrown over the top rope. Once an elimination occurs, the next team member must enter the ring immediately. The team with the final participant wins. There are no t- What's not included is that there's no tag outs either. You, it's basically like a gauntlet match with your partner's sitting ringside. So that brings us to the match of uh, the ill-begotten. I have the graphic here. Ill begotten uh, versus the miserably faithful. Uh again, uh to a DKM's point, you've got heels versus heels, uh shifty, shysty managers, ringside. Uh why? I
0: don't know, that's why I didn't watch it.
1: Um, I did watch the match, and it, it, it honestly it wasn't bad. The wrestling wasn't bad, but the whole reason behind it again doesn't make sense. Um and then it's kind of a preview to the uh, 10 team battle Royal, but like, that's not what was implied here. Uh, it starts off with Sal and Rush Freeman who don't, don't forget uh, the ill begotten brought out Ronaldo Freeman. That's Rush's big brother, big little brother. Sal is quick at attacking rush, which again, I kind of thought rush was supposed to be the powerhouse of the ill begotten, but not so much. Uh, he, he, uh, they're battling back and forth. Uh, Rush Freeman does kind of get a little bit of offense in before uh, being sent to the ropes. And Danny Deals accidentally grabs Rush's legs instead of Sal's legs because he wasn't watching what he was doing. That causes him to get that DDT that Sal Renaro does. One, two, three, Rush Freeman is eliminated. Uh, Je- uh, Jeremiah Plunkett jumps in. He's next. He takes control. Uh, Sal takes control early on on Plunkett. These two are quite familiar with themselves. They used to team together. One thing that should be noted, too, is that uh, Danny Deals, for a brief time, was also the manager for your pal Sal uh, back when he was more of a babyface. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting to see that, uh, you know, there's that duality of man there when you have babyface Sal being managed by Danny Deals and Hill Sal being managed by uh father james mitchell uh deals actually is able to distract sal um by telling him that he's too high up on the top or to get on the higher top rope and just that moment of uh confusion from sal maybe that's a sign of things to come i always think you know just looking back on it sal would have made a lot more sense in the ill begotten than he ever does in in the group with the ill begotten i mean the uh miserably faithful um this allows uh jp to catch his win and then JP eliminates Sal with that DDT, a very clean DDT, Arn Anderson esque. Uh, Gags manages to get uh, Jim, Jim, uh, Gags manages to get control of the match by getting Jeremiah Plunkett to tap out to the sleeper dragon, sleeper dragon, dragon sleeper. I'm a little dyslexic there. Uh, then Taylor comes in to eliminate Gags by a drop kick that sends Gags over the, well, basically Gags. Uh, uh, was placed over the top rope and then and then Taylor dropped kicked him off. <sighs> that brings in Judeus, who chokeslams Taylor and then connects with like the razor's edge power bomb miserably faithful wind. That's probably the strongest Juddeus has looked at in a long time. and it's also uh, a, a big victory for the um, miserably faithful who haven't been uh, on very much of a winning streak as of late. You didn't watch the match,
0: DKM. I think you made the right decision. I do, too. I did see the very end. I mean, look, this is – I don't like the Tag War matches or the finals. And, you know, bring it out once a year, sure. Bring it out every season, no. It's just no, stop it if it was part of an annual pay-per-view tradition
1: and the winner did get some sort of prize. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. But this was
0: like their war games match. Yeah. Where you had, you know, a team of three top guys against three other top guys and you're doing something like that. Then you can sit there and go, okay, this could be an interesting dynamic. But they're but, using that on everybody. But yeah, you know, to use it for two teams that nobody cares about. I mean, I'm sorry. Saul Renaro. I've been ready for him to go since he was still a face. <laughs> <laughs> and well, really, I've been ready for him to go since uh what's her name? Was his pal. May he and May were pals. Uh
1: Royce never got over that. Ended up leaving the NWA because of it.
0: I guess. I don't know what he's doing today, but it's probably smarter.
1: New Japan strong.
0: See? Told you. And it's – I mean, it was the same match we had on USA, except for what's-his-name was in it. Yeah. And, uh, again, bad planning, bad scheduling, bad everything by – the NWA powers that be when they're putting these stupid shows together. Yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see how the same group that puts out pay-per-views I enjoy put out these shows. I just don't.
1: Dodie points out that, that we see ill-begotten on USA in power. Then we see miserably in power and USA. Does Billy uh, miserably think they're miserably a big deal? <laughs> And, uh, or are this ill miserably shenanigans? Is a feud that started because the ill begotten kicked out somebody at the Crockett Cup back in the day?
0: I, I, think I don't know what you're insinuating, sir. I think it's just these kind of like with what's his name, uh, Tony Khan or Vince McMahon. You know, Billy puts in the people that he likes, and it's kind of regardless of whether other people like them or not.
1: Yep. So let's go to the next segment, which is our uh, the long-awaited return of Heart to Heart with Mae Valentine. And what the hell is going on here? It's not Heart to Heart with Mae Valentine. It's Heart to Heart with Mae Valentine and Aaron Stevens. And uh, the, I think his name was like Something Rocks. And uh, they're all sitting there uh, ready to interview a well-dressed Colby Carino. And and uh, Mae Valentine asked the question that, you know, Hey Colby, your dad was a famous legendary NWA world champion. Was he nice? And Colby starts thinking about it and starts giving an answer. Says, wait, what does it matter if he was nice? And then and then May starts asking some other questions. And and then and then Colby points out the uh, obvious. Why is Stevens even out there? And then Stevens and May are both gloating over how great Tyrus is. This is just a clusterfuck. Sorry, guys. Rough language. I apologize, but What the fuck am I watching? Like, I used to like these heart-to-heart videos because although they were a little weird, uh, at least there was a point of putting somebody over. This did nothing to put Colby over. It did nothing to put Tyrus over. It did nothing to put Aaron Stevens over or Mae Valentine. It was just a waste of about 10 minutes or five minutes. Whatever it was, it was too long.
0: It could have been three, but however long it was, my life went, you know, drained about three years. I mean, this was pathetic. I don't know. I mean, Billy's getting me not to like May Valentine anymore.
1: Yeah, I and, liked May Valentine up until like two weeks ago.
0: But I, and this is where I'm talking. I think I think Billy's thinking if he gets other people telling us how great Tyrus is, then you know, we'll all come around to understand how great Tyrus is. No. Or- Or something. I I don't know. It doesn't make sense. There's no logic involved. None whatsoever. All of a sudden, May Valentine's in love with Aaron Stevens. And and Tyrus. And she's in love with Tyrus. And Aaron Stevens is out there with uh, Rodney Mack, who's a face, but he's not a face. And then he's there with that young guy training that he doesn't really care. Remember, that was that kid got beat up by Tyrus. Remember, Tyrus just showed up and beat the crap out of that kid. Yeah.
1: But but they're glowing and mom great,
0: Aaron Stevens didn't. How and great
1: and benevolent that Lord Tyrus is, the conqueror of buffets. Like, come on, quit shoving this shit down my throat. This is the stuff that I've been talking
0: about. And it's and just like,
1: yeah. In my notes, in my notes, I literally wrote segment was fucking stupid.
0: I mean that's being nice. <laughs> it it really is because stupid would almost imply lack of lack of malice. And I almost think there was intentional malice. Yeah. You know. Uh, What would Luthaz do, you know, point out, you know, Billy was been very, doesn't give an F what we think. And I think this, I think this is one of those things. This was basically him giving us a finger.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, again, I don't necessarily mean us specifically, although it wouldn't surprise me, but I think just in general, anyone who disagrees with him, disagrees with how he books disagrees and doesn't recognize that he's been the best thing in the NWA since sliced bread since, since uh, Jim Crockett promotions or more accurately world championship wrestling. Yeah. You know, left it that absolutely nothing happened during this time that had any type of legitimacy, you know, not TNA, his former place that he invested in, not, uh, Not the, you know, Adam Pierce run or anything like that. No, there was not uh, Tharp's regime getting him in New Japan, you know, for about a year. What? Billy, get a hold of your ego. Get a hold of yourself. Start listening to other people. And you know, stop being an ass <laughs> because although I enjoy this podcast, I certainly don't have to do it. as I pointed out, I got enough of my life going on. Sure. And so and I'm looking to cut costs. I've cut several subscriptions I've had and streaming services and everything like that. You're
1: HBO Max soon.
0: Yeah, and so <laughs> I that. the truth. actually, I don't pay for HBO Max. So I get that through my at uh phone deal. Yeah. But I mean, look, people. He, his attitude is becoming a bigger reason not to watch the show than...
1: Well, like, so, okay. Off subject, but on subject. Uh, I just saw a clip of a video, and he's talking about how he's rebuilding the NWA, and you know, he fancies himself some sort of messiah of pro wrestling, I guess, and that his his bringing back the NWA, is some historical. Like major feat. Let, let's not again get into the whole fact that Rob Conway was defending the 10 pounds of gold at Wrestle Kingdom 3. Let's just let that go. Let's forget about the fact that seven levels of hate took the World's Heavyweight Championship on a feud all over the United States and in Australia. We'll, we'll let that go. Let's not forget that David Marquez was running the smaller arenas all throughout the the Southwest. Let's forget that Bill Barnes was doing uh, smaller arena shows in the in the Midwest region, or let's hey, let's not even talk about NWA Anarchy, NWA Wildside. That was literally on TV and syndicated throughout the country for like decade, for at least a decade. No, Billy Corgan is the savior of the NWA. He's rebuilding studio wrestling. I'm sorry, Dave Marquez was doing studio wrestling back in 2006. Sorry, bud, you're 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 too late to the punch on that one. It just everything that this guy says is starting to to grind on me. It's like stop over inflating what you're doing. You haven't saved pro wrestling. Pro the NWA yes is in a better position right at this moment, but it's not better than what it was. It's it's the same or worse.
0: No, and he's he's about a sports entertainment. As it comes as well. I mean, he's not putting out a lot of top quality wrestling except for on like I said, the pay-per-views are normally the pay-per-views are normally well booked, well wrestled, and well done. Yep. Uh, if you don't count like one or Crock a Cup. But outside of that
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, outside of that, uh, they're pretty good. But his shows and his Booking in general just make no sense. And well, it's not good.
1: James, I do thank you for being here each and every week, man. I do appreciate that. Thank you for watching the show to keep up with us. That's awesome. Uh, I think I actually bought uh, the last New Japan Strong uh, four pack that was on Fight Out. I'll be checking that out soon, too. Um, not that I'm going to stop watching Power, but I, I would like to see what a good wrestling show looks like. Um Next up, then we get uh, we get the another May Valentine segment right after the last one, and she's with Homicide and Caprice, and again, like Homicide seems like such a nice guy, and he's very proud to be a world junior heavyweight champion, and you could tell that that's something that means a lot to him. But uh, stop letting him cut promos. Stop. Stop. Or have him
0: start cutting promos.
1: I don't think he's capable of it. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I just don't think that he has it in him. That's not him. I don't remember ever hearing homicide cut a promo ever. And I don't know why the NWA keeps trying to put him in that position. Give him a manager. If not Conan bring in somebody that could do a good uh, job managing homicide. Uh, And then we get, do they have any
0: good managers?
1: Not currently. I mean, not, not like, look, I think Father James Mitchell would be a good manager. I think if he focused only on managing Max the Impaler, I think that'd be a perfect combination. I think Danny... using that
0: damn voice he uses?
1: Yeah, even with that, I'm fine with that. I think Danny Deals could be used in a better way, but as of right now, he's just kind of more of an annoyance. Uh, And I think the best manager that they have, right, the best manager they have is Terrell by far.
0: Who's always arguing with her client now? But she, but well, she's you hot. That's she has we, assets. She does. Uh,
1: okay. So, and then Caprice Coleman's right there with Homicide, and he does his whole shtick. Uh, Caprice is good on the mic. That's a guy I don't mind listening to cut promos. Um, and he just basically says to Homicide when he's done putting himself over. Hey, when you're done playing with the boys, how about giving a man a shot? Which I thought was pretty, uh, a pretty forward thing to say. And hopefully, uh, you know, with with everything with Ring of Honor, it doesn't impact Caprice Coleman's opportunities to wrestle in the NWA. Maybe we could see that match down the road. I certainly would uh, enjoy to see that one. Um, And that's the only thing I cared about out of that promo.
0: You basically got it.
1: Uh, Up next is the main event of the night the TV title match. Finally, making stop disrespecting our guy Odinson. Finally, we can stop hearing about Tyrus. We get the match, and uh, Odinson comes in hot. Uh, he comes in with a, a, a fury of Asgardian uppercuts. Pretty cool. Uh, I I I listened to the other Alliance guys, and they they kind of said, you know, well, why is that the only thing he did? And I, I kind of I, I sat there and I I was marinating on that, and I'm when you look at the size comparison between Tyrus and and uh, Odinson, I mean, it's obvious why that's all he does because he's not going to be able to throw Tyrus around the ring like he does PJ Hawk or Luke Hawk. Uh, he, he's a big guy. He's very strong. He's very muscular. But Tyrus is like a damn whale. And I, I'm not trying to be mean to Tyrus, but he's just he's huge. He's big all over. And you're not going to be able to toss him around the same way you could A guy who's 220 pounds, 250 pounds, the guy's close to 400. Maybe he's even more than that. And, uh, it just doesn't, it's just not going to happen. So throwing those as guarding uppercuts, you know, all across the ring, I think was the best point of attack, the best way to to show that he had offense. Cause it's not like he's going to suplex him. It's not like he's going to, you know, power slam him. These are things that aren't going to happen in this match. Uh, Tyrus came to work he had his work boots on he he you know that one of the cool things about that time limit is it does uh highlight tyrus's ability to have short spurts so he can go out there and, and have a decent match which this is what it. I, I felt like that was a decent match it wasn't the it's not a match of the year candidate by any stretch i don't it think was it's as
0: a, good as it could be
1: yeah i don't think it's a main event anywhere but he did he did like the suplex on uh on Odinson. He took the bump, you know, it, it was in just like uh, DK said, it was as good as it was going to be. Um, it it was in the world of Tyrus. That was your five-star Tyrus match. Uh, the match ends with a Tyrus heart punch. He retains that's seven, seven victories. Now, if the NWA chooses to at, at 74th anniversary show, he could cash that in. That could be the reason why he's in the, in the match. He's going to cash it in, or it could be, he hangs on to the title because Billy just promised it to him anyways. Uh, I don't know how they're going to go with it. what do you think of this match DK? What do you think of the potential that the, uh, the seven, uh, seven thing, uh, lucky seven.
0: Well, did they even mention that during the match that this was the lucky seven?
1: No, they didn't really... mention that at all.
0: Yeah. I didn't think so. And so I think it's almost meaningless here. Uh, Look, it was it was as good of a match as you are going to get out of Ty, uh, Tyrus and Odinson. It, I understand the question, why was that all he did? Because Odinson's used to being, you know, the big strong guy in the ring. and Let's be honest, he looked very small next to Tyrus. Very. Uh, although he's athletic and jumps and whatever, he's not going to be your, he's not a technical wrestler. He's not a speed guy. He's not going to, you know, knock him down and work a leg or work an arm or, you know, something like that. So whatever one power move he got that worked, he just kept doing it until he hurt his shoulder doing it. And then got hit with the, you know, longest waiting heart punch ever known to mankind. (laughs) And, uh, the match was over. They didn't even let it go to a draw for poor Otison. So, I mean, the thing here, obviously from the segment with May and this and everything like that is to tell us what it, great person Tyrus is and this is where again I don't know if it's their tv taping and what they know or what they don't know what the I mean they're not putting over the fact that this is his seventh title win they can't put over the fact it's his seventh title win it means anything because they're not talking about him being in the match they basically have stopped talking about the main event for the 74th because it's supposed to be all this. Yeah. I mean, they have not mentioned one thing about it since all became the number one contender and Billy stripped him. It doesn't play a part in the show, which, which leads although, to- although the show looks like it knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't know what was going to happen at that time or how they were going to do it, or how they were going to put Tyrus in the place, but it's like they're half building Tyrus, half ignoring all this, and maybe they've edited stuff. I doubt it, because they can't seem to edit things they need to edit. Yeah. Maybe when they, maybe it's a want versus need. If they want to, then they'll go in and edit it. It's I mean, it's not hard these days. They can re-record things. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on a computer and just email it in. And the whole thing is just... God, they, they need a real producer. I mean, yeah. sorry to the guys back there that hold the title. I think some of you may be producing matches, and that's fine. But uh, the production of the show is honestly not that good.
1: No, and it's it's fallen off a lot since Dave Marquez is gone, and since uh, and since Dave uh, Dave Lagana has gone. Keep in mind, you know, Dave Marquez. They went together,
0: and they, huh? And they left together, basically speaking.
1: Yeah, and Dave Marquez. Like, look, Dave Marquez didn't direct the show, right? He wasn't there directing it. But I was there live and watching him, you know, kind of talk to the talent and tell people, like, no, you have to do this or you have to do that before they filmed it. And I'm not – look, I don't want to disrespect Joe Galley. I don't want to disrespect Kyle Davis. I like both those guys. In fact, I I like a lot of the people that work on that show. Um, But, no – you're doing it. Something's not right. If you guys don't have the opportunity to clean up these flubs, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're producing all this content so far in advance. And then one thing changes and you guys can't address it on TV because it's not been filmed. It's not been talking to, spoken about. So now everything just feels weird. So change your taping schedule Get a, get someone in there that is better at producing. Get someone in there that's, you know, I don't think it's the directing so much as just uh, maybe the producing or maybe the, I don't know, maybe it is the directing. Maybe it's just Billy. I don't well, know.
0: Well, it's post-production in that. Well, we said on the interviews in the back, there's nobody there saying stop, do it again. Or there's somebody there saying stop, do it again. I don't want to know how bad things are the first time. But it yeah. comes across very. Here you talk for sixty seconds, or you do this, and nobody sits there and goes, looks at this for quality control and goes, "Wow, that sucked! Stop, do it again."
1: And, and, I've I've said this before on the show. I'm not breaking any barriers here. I was backstage, uh, back in the Percy Pringle the third era of the uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood, and when it was still very much a part of the NWA. And there was a wrestler cutting a promo and Adam Pierce stopped that promo while they're filming. And it was like the second attempt and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You sound like a bitch crying instead of a baby face. I don't want to cheer for you. I'm glad those guys are beating you up. And it was just like, whoa, that's that you, you Pierce, you just totally incorporated what we were all thinking it made it very blunt, but said exactly what we were thinking, and so they 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 talked for a second there, and then he cut the promo again, and it was fire, it was so much better, very much of a, of a something a baby face that you can get behind. And I, you know, if you were ever in Hollywood, uh, even after Adam Pierce left, they've had different guys Nick Bonanno, who's the head referee now, he's working for NXT, you had uh, uh, uh oh god, Stu. Yeah. Stu Stone, who, uh, you know, works in Hollywood making movies and stuff, uh, helping to produce these promos. You, you had guys there that were grooming these people on what to say and, and having them focus down. And if it sucked, start over. <laughs> One of your favorites, Denise Salcido, who I think is married now and it's not her last name anymore. She was interviewing Tim Storm and she flubbed up and you know what they did? Restarted. And then he flubbed up. You know what they did? They restarted. And they got the best package that they could out of both of them. And that's what they needed to do because you're presenting somebody as your world champion or or somebody who's important to the program. You can't go out there and have them speaking gibberish. You can't have them go out there and 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 get lost in what they're saying or or say something that they don't genuinely believe
0: because no, that's our they-
1: job. Huh? That's our job. Yeah. Well, we're not professionals. Right. I'm, uh, well, I am. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I just think the more, the if you took a different approach, because obviously the one that they're taking, I, I don't think it's working the way that uh, Billy would like it to. So, um, anyways.
0: Yeah, they're definitely not. Well, I don't know if it's working the way Billy wants it to or not. because so It's not boring. working the way I want it to. But it's, well, I don't think it's working the way a professionally run show does.
1: Uh-uh. And
0: I think that's the key. And we talked about this ago. He says he's trying to sell this on to TV networks. Well, I hope you're not showing him these shows. <laughs> because if you're showing them these shows, they're going to go, what the hell? You can't even produce a decent show as it is. Yeah, people that don't know what they're saying, who are flubbing, you know or plumbing lines that uh, it makes no sense what they're doing. You don't even have to be a fan of pro wrestling to watch that interview with Mae Valentine and Aaron Stevens and uh, JC Rocks or Rocks JC or yeah, Rock, Rock Me, Rock Me Baby or whoever. Rock
1: Me Amadeus.
0: Yeah, uh, right, exactly. And Kobe, I mean, I've never felt bad for Kobe Carino before in my entire <laughs> life until that thing and i'm watching that going god he doesn't deserve this
1: kevin hey kevin would be saying hey that's not the right way to treat colby carino
0: i mean just i mean he didn't even deserve it and it was it was just it wasn't hey let's have a heart-to-heart with colby carino it was like let's get tyrus over moment and it's like you're not going to get him over You don't get him over by talking about him and not changing how things are.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um, Of course, the show ended with a bonus match. I thought it was a really good idea to do that because it certainly took some of the bad taste out of my mouth but of course it was from the pay-per-view it's from always ready natalia markova versus uh taya valkyrie which was a a great match if you didn't see it from the pay-per-view certainly sit through the uh end credits to watch it it's a good match it's a fun match um this was uh i think that was the best use of time that they had all pay-per-view uh because it shows you how badass taya valkyrie is and why she's the number one contender uh, for the Women's Championship, and also showed that Natalia Markova, uh, even though she's good, she's not Taya Valkyrie, uh, which, again, I think just puts over uh, why Taya is the right choice. And speaking of Taya Valkyrie and speaking of the right choice, uh, our audience, when polled, and I'm going to end the poll now, um, went back and forth all night. But after 13 votes, we had 61% of the people say that Camille will be the world's heavyweight champion. And 38% said Taya. So that, I mean, it's not 50-50, but it's not overwhelmingly support for Camille, which kind of surprised me. Uh, are you surprised by those results, DK?
0: Uh, I'm surprised as many people think that Taya may win because I just don't see that happening. I I, I don't think I, it's... I, like It's like... You know, ask me two different poll questions and I'll give you two different answers. Who do I want to win and who do I think is going to win? And I tell you, I probably want Ty to win. I'm becoming an increasingly big fan of hers. But I'm also going to tell you that, especially with it being a second night, that if Camille's going to lose, they're going to protect her in a way that, you know, she gets injured the first night and has to defend in the second, or something just goes flippy floppy in the thing. I remember both women are going to be are going to have to compete the night before, so it's not just like you know Camille's going to be the only one right having the match. In fact, the the cup winner or Burke winner or whatever she is, she could very easily be more beat up at the end of her match than when Camille is. And I'd have to see, you know, who they put in there to see who I think would have a good chance of winning.
1: Right. And, uh, and just an FYI, but as we're starting to close down the show, it looks like uh, in uh, next week's uh, or Saturday mornings, USA looks like you're going to see uh, a, the junior heavyweight championship match between uh, PJ Hawks and homicide It looks like uh, our boy Jack Stane will be in attendance, uh, plus Jamie Stanley. uh, uh, What's the Boucher supposed to be there? It looks like uh, uh, the Thrill Billy and uh, Poyol Del Mar should be there, and Magic Jake and CJ should be uh, part of that show. So make sure you set your DVRs or at least get up at 12 to watch it on YouTube to check out this week's uh, Saturday USA. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we – wrap this puppy up
0: i am good all
1: right well then uh parker curie i have no idea who lily ruble is but google is your friend thanks for checking it out thank you to everyone who has uh, joined us in the live stream tonight including the bot telling you to check out the dating site i don't recommend it and uh let's just do that uh, all right, guys, so that's going to do it for us. DK, if they want to follow you on the socials, how do they do that?
0: At DKMFWTX. At DKMFWTX. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and, of course, you guys know how to follow us here at the Alliance blog. Uh, we'll be here next week on Tuesday for the pre-party. We'll also have the other Alliance guys on Wednesday, and we'll be back here next Thursday. Thank you for checking us out. Enjoy your gravy cake? No, that's another show. We'll see you at the matches. Thanks for checking out the pre-party. a presentation. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5pm for NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Vlog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.